Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you had a great, great day. Um, um, and I, I hope you're having a great week. Uh, today I was going to talk to you about something, the Rashtra RSS, okay? Uh, the RSS stands for Rashtriya Swayam Sevak Sangha. That means the National uh, Volunteer or Service, Social Service Family. Okay, it is the biggest family in all of um, the world, the biggest um, volunteer association of the world, one of the best that there's known. There's no one else, no religion can come up with something so big. Um, and I thought we'd talk about this because they're very important people. Uh, they're there to heal um, the RSS. Uh, there are many formats of it. Uh, like everything, it branches out into volunteer, social service, financial. You can branch out into political. Everything is political. And they have taken the heat big time. It's very much like the Christians. The, the, the Christian Jesus started, supposedly started a faith, a religion. But it turned out into... Uh, a political movement. It, it became, uh, it went against the state of Judea, the Roman province of Judea. It went, it formed an, an empire. They were empires for 20, 2000 years. And all of a sudden now they're coming to an end and they're saying, oh, well, we are faith and religion and they point fingers at others. But Christianity is an empire it, and Islam is an empire. It's a colonial empire. They came with their empires colonized uh, and 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 uh, went into political power so everyone is the same so the fear mongering is not worth it so the RSS starts uh, was started by someone called Dr. Keshav Baliram Hedgedwar okay he was the founder of the RSS okay uh, having said that um, the it started with the sung the sung is the parivar is the is the family is the rs is the wider family and the unique phenomenon um it's very much like you say that uh, sorry it it's it's very much like you say like the ummah the muslim ummah what is the muslim ummah the muslim community the muslim um, community worldwide same way you have the sung the sung is is a family the family of of hind uh, hindus uh, a Hindu could be a Christian, a Hindu could be a Muslim, a Hindu could be a communist, a Marxist. Your your loyalty is to the land and to the heritage of that land. A unique form of phenomenon in this history of Bharat in the 20th century is the birth of the unceasing growth of the RSS, the Rashtriya Swayam Sevak Sangha. Um, its influence is far and wide, not only in Bharat, in Bharat but abroad, and it spread it's spread all over the planet. Um, the Sung inspired institutions movements today form a very strong presence in the social, cultural, behavioral, and labor and development, political, and other fields of nationalistic endeavor. Okay. Uh, the Sung initiated, initiated movements, be they social reformist or anti secessionist, evoke a ready response and pro approbation from the common multitudes as well as from the vast numbers of elite 
of different shades. It has increasingly been recognized that the sun is not a mere reaction to one or another social or political aberration. It represents a corpus of thought, action, firmly rooted in genuine nationalism and in the age-old traditions of this country. Okay, so as a movement uh, for national reconstruction, totally nurtured by the people, sung as no parallel anywhere on the planet, like I mentioned, um, it is a movement for the assertion of the unity of Bharat, the national identity of Bharat. So, uh, Bharat means everyone living on this land, okay, or Hindustan, everyone living in Hindustan. You could be of different groups, social, political, ideological, uh, gender, uh, financial, economic, any type of group. You are part of the land. Uh, you are part of the currents that form the waves, Atwa, all that lies in between. And so, um, absolutely, it is about, um, it is about uh, the land, the national identity for assertion of Bharat's identity, because we know that Bharat has been invaded by colonial empires, small, large, different groups, different sizes, different areas. And within the land, there have been local empires who only cared about feudalism and power. They didn't really care about the heritage, the, 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 the heritage of dharma, the heritage of what uh, was left behind by the by the Vedic civilization. Um, so, so it's about the assertion of the of the identity of Bharat. Acquired, uh, it also requires a significance when we remember that the birth of the sun was preceded by mental, cultural, economic onslaught of foreign rule for centuries. Um, you could go back to Alexander the Great, and even, even well, I don't know if he's the Great, but Alexander the, the Greek, uh, and even before that. Um, there could be only one explanation for continuing march of sung from strength to strength, the emotive response of millions to the vision of Bharat's national glory based on the noble values constituting the cultural, spiritual legacy of the land and collectively called Dharma. Okay, so this is very important. Um, they could um, the emotive response of millions of of people to the vision of Bharat's national glory, based on the noblest of values, constituting the cultural spiritual legacy of the land and collectively called Dharma, comprising faith in one in, in the oneness of the human race, the underlying unity of all of of traditions, religious traditions, the basic divinity of the human being, the complementary uh, and interrelatedness of all forms of creation, both animate and inanimate, and the primacy of spiritual experience. The mission of the song is, is in the tune with millennia old heritage itself, and it carries an irresistible appeal. So, um, so absolutely, uh, so it was started by, it, it comes out of the foresight of a Dr. Keshav Baliram Hegwar, and where he anticipated um, the need for, for strengthening the foundations of the Hindu society. Okay, now for those people who don't know, 
in the late in the latter end of the 19th century the, the 1800s uh, all the empires in the world were slowly coming to an end if you go to europe the empires were changing they were coming to an end you co come to um you come to the americas you come to africa you come to asia all these these empires were coming to an end and people were looking for an identity other groups uh, other ways of expressing themselves of healing from this five thousand six thousand you know um feudal ideology and and they were going into different as different uh, vents uh, marxism communism communalism sorry communism uh, socialism uh, you have uh, socialism in in um, in russia uh, took over in 1917 so they were looking for identity it's the same time where in north america where the african people of african descent started call, uh, uh, calling themselves black uh, finding an identity and the concept of race was born because they're looking for an identity. They were far removed from their ancestral home on the African continent. And they're looking for an identity uh, without no contact with the African continent. So the, the concept of black people came to be and the concept of race came to be. So the first time at the end of the 19th century, race was mentioned. And it was to identify people who were different from the European race. Um, there was no concept of race before, not to my knowledge, in my research at least. Uh, so at the same time, you have um, you have the leaders, uh, poets in on the Indian subcontinent, talking about the two-nation theory for Pakistan. That's when it came about. Uh, you have also um, the Muslim Brotherhood was formed. Uh, should I say the ideology started to take shape for the Muslim Brotherhood, and then it was formed later on. Similarly, on the Indian subcontinent, the um, uh, the Sangh started to sh take shape, and it was for strengthening the foundations of Hindu society and for preparing it for challenges on social, economic, cultural religious, philosophical, uh, and political planes. And, uh, and there were many people who uh, had helped in, in, in this bringing about this movement. Uh, Dayananda, Vivekananda, Arubando, Tilak. And they had sown the seeds of most recent phase of national resistance, um, renaissance, okay? So these people, Dayananda, Vivekananda, Arubando, Tilak, had sowed the seeds. And from these seeds, we got um, people like Kesha, Dr. Keshav Hegdevar. What was needed was sufficiently strong instrumentally for carrying the process onwards. This instrumentally was created and bequeathed to the nation by Dr. Hegdevar in the form of the Rashtriya Swayamvak Sangh, which he, after years of deliberate and patient uh, preparation, founded on at Nagpur on the 27th of September um, on Vijay Dakshmi Day of 1925. So in 1925, um, Dr. Hegdevar, who was in, influenced by the greats of Tilak, Arubando, Vivekananda for cultural and religious, social, economic renaissance, um and on on the other ha on the hazards of the organization building 
one of the hazards of the organization building is allowing one's vision to be clouded with immediate concerns resulting in the dilution of perception and ultimate goal. Uh, Dr. Hegdevav's um, special strength was that he was never allowed, he never allowed demands of the immediate present to veer him away from the ultimate mission he set for himself. Okay, so uh, in 1925, the son was born. Um, I'm going to move a little bit from this um, and, and show you one of the events. We'll talk about one of the events that really precipitated this moment finally. You have to know that for thousands of years, this land was ruled by foreign invaders. Okay, uh, Concepts, people, groups coming in from outside. Uh, colonial invaders coming from outside. So you had the Huns coming in, you had the Greeks coming in, you had, um, there were African kingdoms, small African kingdoms, very small. Um, that's why you have the Siddhis in, in, in the western coast of India. Um, you had, of course, the Arabs coming in, the Ghaznivads coming in, Delhi Sultanate, uh, the um, Mughal Empire coming in, uh, then you had, obviously, you had the uh, the Europeans with their trade uh, companies, the British East India Company, Portuguese, the French East India, the Dutch East Indies, uh, finally the British took over. There was also local uh, kingdoms in between, and, and the most prominent, of course, was um, the Maratha Empire. And so, the there was no real grouping, there was no real uh, kingdom, there were small kingdoms, small empires, and at one point an empire would grow big and take it over, and then take over the land, uh, and sometimes uh, they were mostly individual kingdoms that took it, that ruled the land. You also had the Vijayanagar Empire in the south, the Cholas, uh, but these, there was nothing to help the people on the ground. Um, the main onslaught was Islamic and, and Christian invasion to the British, the Europeans, and, um, and, the, and the Islamic empires, who work absolutely diametrically opposite to the concept of dharma. Absolutely. They were about power, they were about money, they were about uh, subjugation, submission, while uh, dharma is about balancing your status quo, balancing the, the uh, your alignment, and, and understanding the cycles. Whatever you do, you'll have cycles and cycles and cycles of it. Your currents and waves, you can't go reach for power and then think that everything's going to be okay. So it is diametrically opposite, and as a result of it, the clash got even worse. Because the clash got worse, um, there has been a genocide on the Indian subcontinent thanks to the Abrahamic onslaught and the invasions. Uh, an absolute genocide from everywhere, political, social, economic, financial, cultural, heritage, everything. There's been a, um, an absolute uh, genocide and there was no one who was taking care of the people so the British cared about themselves and their money they didn't really care about anyone else the Muslims cared about the Muslims uh, about uh, the Islamic groups and the multiple numbers of them from north to south they didn't really care about uh, anyone else um, the Sikhs cared about the Sikhs the Buddhists were so the Hindus were left 
pretty much the, the dharmic people, the sanatini people, left by themselves. There was no one to take care of them, no one to guide them, no one to heal them. After thousands of years, 2,000 almost years of this onslaught and being stranded in the middle of nowhere, fighting for your destiny, fight, fighting for your heritage, trying to stand up, they finally found themselves at a junction in life where they needed to get together and that my dear friend was the birth of the sung uh the family the dynamic powerhouse which is uh the talk of the world right now which the abrahamic um, world does not like but i will also talk about something very important which precipitated the rsf okay uh, the mopala massacre and genocide uh, by um, by Muslim mobs in in Malabar. Um, it is very important for me to talk about this, um, and we will go into this. Uh, I will I will read the article. The article was written in uh, the article was written in Op India, and I will post it on my um, my uh, Facebook page. I hope that you will go and, and read it. Uh, it talks about a genocide, which no one, no Congress has ever mentioned this at all for fear of their vote backs. I mean, we talked about, uh, we've talked about the Jallianwalabad massacre. We've talked about the British. We've talked about Bengal. We've talked about everything, but we ref they refuse to absolutely uh, talk about this. They have selective amnesia. And that is why we are in the state because they've only looked after one side, they support only one group of people, they punctuate a divine rule on this country and then blame each other for hate. Uh, and so this, this is why we have come to this point where we have to talk about this, it's very important. And uh, to heal those wounds, to understand what happened, and we'll go from here, my dear friends. Um, and tomorrow we'll continue with the RSS, but today we need absolutely to talk about this. So, on the 25th of September, 1921, uh, Hindus were slaughtered and thrown into a well by a Muslim mob demanding a caliphate in Malabar. Uh, on the barren hillside between Tuvor and Karuvayakandi in North Kerala, Chambarasari Ibchi, that's the region, Koitangal, one of the caliphate leaders, held a rally with over 4,000 of his followed followers where Hindus were slaughtered. Uh, and to the finger-pointing, victimhood, Islamophobic, uh, spraying, uh, fascist spraying people out there, this is for them and what they refuse to um, acknowledge and what they insist on having selective amnesia. Uh, every time they talk about the RSS. So we're going to talk about this right now. The Mopala genocide of Hindus is hardly taught in our history books and the Caliphate movement leading up to it is shamelessly whitewashed. In our history books, we are often told that the Caliphate movement was one where the Hindus and Muslims fought together to oust the British. Essentially, the Caliphate movement was launched by the Indian Muslims to support and preserve the authority of the Ottoman Sultan as Caliph following the breakup of the Ottoman Empire at the end of the war. Indian Muslims were essentially fighting for Caliph of Islam and M.K. Gandhi offered his unbridled support to the movement. In doing so, Gandhi ended up feeding the hydra of Islamism in India. Gandhi believed that his support for the Caliphate movement would solidify the anti-British sentiment among Indian Muslims. It is touted as the first movement of 
that solidified the non-cooperation movement against the British. In my opinion, it was the biggest fault line, the biggest uh, error he made. Dr. Ambedkar said the Caliphate movement was started by the Mohammedans. It was taken up by Mr. Gandhi with tenacity and faith, which might have surprised many Mohammedans themselves. There were many people who doubted the, eth the ethical basis of the Caliphate movement and tried to dissuade Mr. Gandhi taking part in the movement, the ethical basis which was so unquestionable. Um, Dr. M.G. Narayan, former chairman of the ICHR New Delhi, wrote, Gandhiji was politically in innocent uh, at that time to assume that the context of British India, that the poor and illiterate Muslim community could be drawn into active political struggle against the British power easily. To please the Muslims, he supported the case of the Mo'ar Caliphate that the British had done away in Turkey at the close of the First World War. Um, so basically, Gandhi was trying to say that blood is stronger than water, is, is thicker than water. So we'll stand by each other because we have the same blood. Um, uh, later, Mahatma Gandhi regretted his folly in sponsoring the Caliphate, but it was too late by then. The damage was done. Instead of coaxing co co the Muslims, coaxing the Muslims into social reform and modern education. Uh, the Caliphate had legitimized their conservative religious instincts and roused their fears and suspicions about the outside world. It strengthened their communalism and thrived on the hatred of the Hindu Kufat, lying dormant for the days of Al since the days of Aluddin, Alauddin, Kilji and Aranzib. Essentially, the Caliphate movement united Indian Muslims against the Kafir within India and outside, and Gandhi's native support to the movement only lent credence um, to the Mopala genocide of the Hindus that followed. The Mopala Muslim community of Malabar had for 100 years indulged in bouts of murderous rage against the Kufars. The genocide of Hindus in, in August 1921 was different because Muslims thought they could oust the British and establish the Islamic rule. The Hindus had to be massacred for, for it because Kufars have no place in the land of the pure. According to the widely believed numbers, officially over 10,000 Hindus were slaughtered by Muslim fanatics. The official numbers, likely far more accurate, are being much higher. In some gruesome, in one gruesome instance on the 25th of September 1921, on the barren hillsides of Tuvor in North Kerala, uh, one of the Caliphate leaders held a rally with over 4,000 of his followers. During the meeting, more and more Hindus were caught hold of and taken um, and taken to him with their hands tied behind their backs. Thirty-eight were murdered. Three of the of the thirty-eight were shot, but the rest was beheaded. But the rest were beheaded and thrown into the Tuvu well. According to various uh, accounts, studied Hindus were charged in helping the military against the Mopala fanatics. Their charges were read out by then and they were beheaded by the Muslim fanatics. As he slaughtered them one by one, their bodies were discarded in the Tuvu well. In the book Mopala Rebellion 1921, written by um, Dr. Divar Bahadur Gopalan, who was a deputy 
a collector of Calicut Malibal, there is a detailed account of what transpired on that fateful day of the 20th of September. On page 56 of the book, it says, There is a well-situated midway between Tuvur and Karukavadu on the slope of the bare hillock. Here, Chembrasi Tangal's followers, about 4,000 in numbers from the neighboring Ansims, held a great meeting. The Tangal sat in the shadow of the small tree. More than 40 Hindus were caught by the rebels and taken to Tangal with their hands tied behind their back. They were charged with the crime of helping mili the military against the rebels. 38 were condemned to death. Three are said to have been shot and the rest taken to one of the wells. Just at the brink, there was a small tree. The executioner stood there and uh, here and after cutting the neck with the sword, pushed the body into the well. Many of the people who were thrown, who were thus thrown in were not dead, but escape was impossible. Side of the well were cut in hard lateral rock and there was no um, uh, steps. It is said that some people were crying out from the well even on the third day of the massacre. Uh, they must have died a particularly, a peculiarly horrible death. At the time when the massacre was perpetrated, it was the rainy season. There was some water in the week, but now it's dry. And any visitor can have a look at it at the gruesome site. The body, the bottom is entirely filled with human bones. Pandit Rishi Ram, the Arya Samaj missionary, who was standing by my side, counted 30 skulls. One skull deserves particular mention. It is seen to be divided neatly into two halves. It is said to be the skull of an old man named Kumara Panikar, whose head was slowly cut into two halves by means of a saw. Uh, thank you to the religion of pieces for this. In his book, Kupalan had chronicled the paltry information available. There is still hardly an official true account of what transpired during the Mopla genocide of the Hindus. Most accounts were watered down by leftist historians to claim that it was an uprising uh, that was that uh, aggregate uprising uh, or that it was the laborers who rose up against the Zamindars. They explained the Mopala genocide, citing the laborers were overwhelmingly Muslim and the Zamindars were overwhelmingly Hindu. This trope was recently repeated by Shashi Taru during his book launch. However, the authentic accounts of the Mopala massacre that exist tell an incredibly different tale. Of forceful conversion, atrocities against Hindu men, women and even children and fanaticism that was aided by the support aided by the support private uh, provided by the Congress leaders, most prominently Mahatma Gandhi. So Mahatma Gandhi is said to have provided support to these leaders, maybe not for the genocide, but for something else, and these leaders used it for, um, these leaders used it to kill the, uh, the Hindus um, at the genocide. So, this is very important to understand the Congress who is part of this never wanted to talk about it because they were involved and they the only reason they have never mentioned it is that if they were involved if they were not involved then they would have you know talked about it loud and clear like that of um, like that of um, 
um, the Jallianwala Bagh massacre. Very clearly, they've talked about the Jallianwala Bagh massacre. They haven't talked about uh, this. Why? Because it doesn't suit their vote bags. There's another massacre that's called the Bibigar massacre, where British women and children um, were killed and uh, thrown into a well. Um, I'm not sure if they were thrown into a well, but they were burnt alive if I'm not mistaken you can look it up the BB gun massacre um, and not not one word was was said because the people who did the killing were again Muslims now I'm not going asking you here to to hate on Muslims uh, we all um, well are friends family that's not the point over here the point is to remember because we don't remember remember we're currents and waves the currents will keep forming the waves if they form the waves and the same garbage is in our minds, is indoctrinated, is, is embedded into our psychic, into our DNA, it will repeat. So in order for you to stop it, you have to understand the currents that form the waves. You have to understand what happened, the junction in life, and you have to offload it, you have to make your peace, and you have to prevent it from happening again. The only way is by empowering yourself with knowledge knowledge heals knowledge calms and knowledge gives you confidence to have a conversation knowledge also gives you confidence not to sub succumb and slowly by slowly you can have that conversation with people more and more people listen the more people listen even if you don't know that they are listening they will also uh, their moral conscious will slowly awaken because at one point they, it's their currents and they also will succumb to it because it goes, violence goes both sides, the frequencies both sides. So it's important that you talk about it, important that you talk about this with your friends. The Mopala uh, genocide was over 10,000 Hindus murdered, butcher, uh, butchered and um, to some extent uh, some people say that the Indian National Congress um, absolutely uh, provided support to them uh, how that is true how much that is true i don't know but you can buy the book uh, the mopala rebellion um, of 1921 written by dr divan badur gopalan um, this is what i wanted to talk about today uh, the mopala riots uh, um, Basically, Mopala just means son-in-law. The son-in-law, uh, it's a word, um, I don't know which language is it. I don't know if it's Malayalam or it's uh, Kannada. No, no, it's not Kannada, it's, it's Telugu. Um, but yes, it, it is important. This event was the one, the event that then propagated uh, Dr. Hedge uh, Hedgewar. Sorry, uh, to form the Rashtra Swayam Sevak Sang in 1925, uh, without which it would never have happened. So, if the Congress had not supported the Mopala, the Khalifat movement, we would not have had, um, we would not have had the genocide in 1925, and we, sorry, in 1921, we would not have had the Sang. Um, I don't know if it's a good thing to say that to put it that way but uh, the, the Congress has to take their responsibility but you can talk about it you can spread the knowledge have that conversation very very important spread the knowledge that this was a genocide and we have to heal we also have to say thank you to those people we haven't forgotten you we're sorry that your lives ended that way 
but whoever you are whether you, whatever label you had whatever religion faith because we there were multiple other people who also got killed uh not just hindus uh, to all of them your spirits live in all of us we are sorry for your uh, for what you what transpired for your sacrifice uh and we will talk about you to remember you and and hopefully one day us uh, we can heal from your journey but we will resurrect the indian nation we will resurrect bharat we will resurrect the vedic civilization and not give up for the sacrifice that you have made uh, we thank you for your 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 effort and your sacrifice but you will remain in our midst for forever and ever and we will tell your story uh so to all of you out there please spread this uh uh, the knowledge of the Mopala genocide on 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 in um, on Hindus, uh, it is very very important. Um, talk to it with to your friends, your family, your your neighbors, your um, your your people out there, your your groups, your social media groups. Um, tell your people, tell ask them to your friends to 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 discuss this event. Uh, with another five friends and then with another five friends and on and on and on tomorrow we will continue with the RSS we want to talk about it we want to go more into detail with it because the RSS is a very important organization uh, you have to understand that no organization is perfect and the RSS is not perfect for the simple reason is people who join uh, groups like this is because they're hurt they're traumatized okay and they need some help they need some comfort they need some people to surround them Just like um, I came, I went to a traumatic childhood, and I vented out in 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 the form of sport. Uh, I use sport to vent out, and and music. I I used to sing a lot, and and that helped. If not, I would have been an alcoholic. I would have been um, a drug addict. I would have been um, God knows what. I would have been a loser in life. But sport sort of kept me together, and we'll need that backbone. And the reason why I went to trauma is because my parents went to trauma. Do you think the church helped us? The church did not help us one single bit. They all they did was pray, pray. Uh, God is coming to save you. God is coming to save you. You're you're a loser. You're going to hell. You're a sinner. They don't provide you any any comfort at all. And so we got stuck because we're known as Christians. So we got stuck in this as ch children. We had Sunday school. We had like summer camps. But that was it. Um, that was it. That was completely it. There was nothing else. There was no healing. There was no. Uh, there was no mental health. There. Uh, there was nothing to support us. And so you need. You need a lot of of help and support to go through trauma in life. And after the 1940s, the first half of the of the 20th century, uh, and also the 18th century. But we've been at war for 10,000 for thousands of years. You can go back in time. And it's important to say that at one point it comes to an end, the waves come crashing down and, and you have to heal, you have to remove the garbage. Uh, and when you join a group, what you do is you see people who are just like you, okay? And you're all hurting together and you're all healing together, but that camaraderie, that uh, friendship then begins to heal. And the best way to heal is service, my dear friend, volunteering. It is the absolute best way to uh, to heal, I'm telling you, I do it very often. 
not very often. I used to do much better more before, but it, it is so healing and it's so beautiful. And the, the best thing that this, the best thing that Dr. Hegler uh, did um, was start this uh, RSS uh, because he, by his, uh, by his influence and his his um, far reaching far sightedness. He was able to understand the problem of this uh, of his generation, and he was able to start a movement to help people heal at, with the lowest cost. Because it's volunteering, you're not you're not incurring any cost. You're helping others, so that is really really great. Uh, and from there, once you build, then you build your knowledge, you build your economics, you build your financial services. The people from all groups of life, and like I say, currents form their waves. It doesn't mean you're going to stop. You're going to change overnight. It takes you a very long time to heal, very very long time. But the fact that you're there together, you you, it's better than being alone. It's if not, you're involved in um, all the unnecessary activities. Uh, like drugs and rape and, and all those involved in these drugs and rape are not involved in groups because um, they, they don't have any, any assistance. So that's important. Um, so kudos to the RSS. And yes, they could be different points of view. They could be different. Uh, they could be different uh, socioeconomic groups within the sun, uh, people who you might like, people you might not like, people who you agree, people who you'll not agree, and there were p plenty of mistakes that will be made because people are hurting, and that hurt continues, that fear, that trauma continues, so they will take out and they will vent their anger in all different directions, but the RSS is there to heal you, uh, heal your journey, uh, um, acknowledge the journey that you've gone through, and give you that chance for a better future to heal. Um, and so if people make mistakes, you have to understand where they're coming from because everyone joins the organization as people who are affected by some type of trauma. Um, and that continues, unfortunately, and the RSS gets the blame for it. But uh, that's exactly what it is. Uh, I will take your leave for this today. We will stop here. We talked a little bit about the RSS, their foundings. We talked about the Mopla genocide. But most importantly, I need you to do your research and spread the news. Have that conversation is the most important thing. So thank you very much for your time. You have yourself a great evening. Cheers and stay safe.